My name is Lolo Puzzle, and this is Media Delta. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, this episode, we are actually taking a look at something that I kind of... Actually, to be honest, this kind of is actually one of the reasons why I started this show, was to talk about things like this. Um, we're talking about... Because um, we've talked about things like this before, uh, namely Nick Arcade. Uh, I feel is kind of the more popular uh, kind of rendition of this because you'd imagine like game shows were huge, especially in the 80s and 90s. And um, having a game show about actually playing games, I feel is kind of one that makes a lot of sense because it's like, oh, hey, here's especially like arcade games. It's like, oh, here's this thing that was kind of meant as a challenge to begin with. So getting higher scores kind of is an easy way to make a competition. Um, and Nick Arcade's usually the um, kind of the more popular rendition of that idea. However, um, that wasn't the first time that this was done, and the first time that this kind of concept was done uh, is what we're talking about today. Uh, we're talking about Starcade, uh, which was a game show that lasted from 1982 to, I believe, to 1980 or 1984. Um, that was originally hosted by T on TBS, um, but then kind of became syndicated. So, um, yeah, it's the thing about it also is that since it's kind of one of the originals, it's also the most basic about it, uh, which is actually kind of interesting. But we'll kind of go more into depth when we actually start our discussions, you know, uh, proper, uh, because uh, I was not the only one to uh, watch this. Um, so. Please, to who that is here, or to who all of that is here, uh, please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Ax, and I'm here to win that sweet-ass robot. I'm Julio, if you don't know, zapping my problems away for the last 30 years or more. Uh, I'm Torpid Typus, and I'm here to uh, repurpose actual movies as Laserdisc games with the serial numbers filed off. Yes. <laughs> uh, so... This is kind of an interesting one because I kind of feel like it's kind of weird that this kind of original one, um, I know we're going to probably go in more depth um, like later on, but uh, one of the things right off the bat I do kind of want to state that I really like about the show uh, is that it gets right to the, like, it, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of cruft to it. Uh, it is incredibly straightforward, and I feel like it actually benefits from it. Um, but yeah, um, I feel actually before we kind of go yeah, more get into that, we should probably do our standard, you know, do our roundtable first. So, X, uh, what do you think about this? So, I mean, obviously we can't talk about Starcade without talking about Nick Arcade, which we did previously. Um, so, like, I, I kind of went in with with that in the back of my head. Uh and you actually mentioned something that I I definitely felt. Um it's something to note of like a lot of, a lot of 80s shows, like game shows and you know shows where they have contestants and things like that. They all have the same kind of like feel to them, if that makes sense. It's like a weird coziness to 80s like um entertainment. Whereas, like, you look at 90s, the 90s stuff, it's very flamboyant, it's very extravagant, it's in your face, 
you know, it's just kind of explosions all over the place. But with Starcade, Starcade's very just straight up. The host comes on, introduces the contestants, uh, mentions the games that they can play that 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 session. They go, they get a question. Somebody answers it right or wrong. Uh, that person goes to play uh, the game of their choice. One of the games is like a, a special game that gets you an extra prize if you choose it. Um, they the two contestants duel it out. Whoever ha- and each one gets their own uh, score placed on their board. So whatever they get in the game, they get put on their uh, their uh, pedestal. And it kind of goes back and forth until the final round, and then whoever has the most points gets the opportunity to play to win the grand prize, which uh, it could be an arcade cabinet, a sweet-ass robot. Um, <laughs> there's also a home computer, one of those really old-ass home computers with, like, the weird chunky keyboard and that thick monitor uh, with the tiny screen. Like, there's just so much about this, like, I really like Nick Arcade, but this I enjoy so much more because it cuts out all of the faff and just has a very straightforward, here's the games, play the games, maybe you win a really cool prize. Uh, Nothing else. Worth mentioning that the people on the show uh, were largely older, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, we got people coming to college on this show. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, it, they were older, they were younger, they're like all kinds of ages, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's one thing that I feel like a lot of people kind of forget, uh, especially about the early, like the golden era of like arcade stuff. Um, one of the most common places you find arcade machines was bars. So games didn't kind of become that kind of stereotype things for kids, uh, probably until the late 80s. Uh, probably actually, actually like mid eight eight mid mid to eight lady yeah mid <laughs> the mid to, to late ladies um, no uh but yeah it's interesting to see that um you get a good demographic uh range in the show and um you know the other thing too is uh without the stupid crap of like oh you got to move this avatar through this fake world. Uh, to, like, unlock prizes or play games or get points or things like that. Instead of having that whole seg- segment, all you have is just the people, questions, and games. So you've got more going on in your 20 to 25-minute uh, production than you did in Nick Arcade. Because Nick Arcade, they would constantly stop all of the interesting stuff just to do the Mikey segments, which were never interesting, recycled half the time um and even the the finale where they where they go into the uh the green screen room to do the uh the arcade like the super arcade thing um now that you you know i'm older and i think back on it it was very crappily done and not very fair to the contestants but like they're all also watching themselves they're yeah, also just... watching themselves play on on a tiny little trinitron off stage yeah all of it is just faff like, it gets in the way of what should be the focal point, and that's the games. And we're not talking about Nick Arcade, we're talking about Star Arcade, but I just, it's it's impossible to not, you know, make those those comparisons because of just how significantly different these two programs are presented and feel. And I feel like Star Arcade gets the point better 
than Nick Arcade did because it focuses you on the games and not extraneous stuff that may lead to games. Um, uh-huh. Even the, the finale, as, as I mentioned, is the person trying to beat a, a score derived of an average of the scores of 20 people who've played the game on the machine that they're playing, which is an interesting concept. And I see, you know, I saw a couple people win and all that. But, like, it also kind of it made me remember those times of playing on the Apple II computer or, you know, the old CRT and you get you fire up gizmos and gadgets or fucking Treasure Mountain. Um, it made me nostalgic a bit for my youth, which most things don't because my youth was kind of crappy. But I, I like those vintage stuff. I like the old school stuff. And they had all of it all over the place. Brilliant arcade cabinets that they got to play on. Um, and the host was all right. He wasn't, you know, like, um, uh, there in in it, like, uh, like a <laughs> Phil from a yeah, the thing from with, arcade uh, was. So, um, actually, this is a good point that I want to specify something because this actually might end up being a two-parter episode because there are some the uh, the episodes that we had for this one uh, was actually due to. Uh, a fun thing about the show, which we'll get later on, is the fact that this show, as you can imagine, with something like this, where there's a whole ton of arcade games, Wright's Hell is very much a thing that the show kind of lives in. Uh, and the way that we were planning on watching this earlier, or like right until like the week before we were going to do this episode, uh, just disappeared. And we had to kind of like, uh, uh, so I had to get quick get a selection of episodes, which, um, are kind of in the middle of the the uh, kind of the run. Uh, probably, I think the numbers between like forty and sixty. Uh, there was one hundred and twenty three episodes of this, and the thing about that era is that they were all hosted by one person. Which really, the show technically had three hosts. Um, one who only did four. it for the pilot. Uh, oh, it was technically four. Yeah. Um, because the pilot actually, which I really, I really, really wanted to get a uh, thing in the pilot of this, um, because the pilot of this, uh, show was actually hosted by Alex Trebek. Um, but that, I cannot find that. And it's, it well, keeps on getting taken down. Yeah, it um, was, it was evidently uploaded by, uh, Wink Martindale, who is, uh, famous for one, hosting game shows and two, uploading a bunch of game show footage to his YouTube channel. But uh, as Lola pointed out before we started recording, it got taken down. Yeah. And any, any like I even tried looking at myself and any leads I found led to a taken down videos. It's a shame. Yeah. But um, um go ahead. I, I think because uh, if I remember the order, uh, Alex was the pilot. Uh, then the first, I think, 10 or 20 or like the first around 20 episodes were hosted by a Mark Richards. Uh, and then you had Jeff Edwards who is kind of the host of the segment that we're watching. He's kind of, and he kind of is basically the host of this because he is right. He is, was by far the longest running host of the show. Uh, Mark Richards hosted for the first 23 episodes. Okay. Um, and Jeff Edwards is, uh, he is a classic. Or is he, well, he is a classical style of game show host. He is not like, he has, it's very much radio MC voice or kind of personality where he's not super energetic, but he is, he gets the point across. 
Um, it's basically Twilio. <laughs> well, jeez. <laughs> uh, he's from he's from the showman area. He's from the showman era of uh, game show hosts. And if I sound like kind of a showman era of of personality myself, is because this is the era of game shows that I especially enjoy. Yes. Uh, he is from that classic, like late seventies, early nine. Er, well, obviously early eighties, because that's where this was from. Early nineties. Um, yeah, you started to see it die out, and but um, uh, Jeff Edwards is kind of an interesting uh, personality too, because he didn't do a whole lot. He doesn't have a whole lot to his name, but he definitely, uh, really is interesting, especially regarding the show, because one thing that's actually kind of funny about the way that he did Star Kid was. He really, um, he specifically set out because he's like, okay, here's this show about this new thing. Um, there's been kind of things that have like taken a look at video games before, uh, but it was done by people who just didn't really care and they were just kind of looking at it from an outsider. I'm going to actually, you know, sit down or really stand up and play these arcade games to actually get to know them. And he actually became a huge fan of video games oh, yes. through that. Uh, he actually, like, he would give tips to like um, people who would play the games that they're like playing for the first time. And that was him actually giving those tips. Uh, there is actually yeah. a video of him like beating the at least I think it's like the first or second phase of Sinistar, which is a feat in itself. Um, yeah, he he held the staff record for Sinistar. Yes, which is like a notoriously difficult game. That's what I was pretty much gonna say about him. Oh, um, but um, yeah, no, I mean, um, I didn't watch any of the episodes with the original host, but from everything I read, uh, he wasn't really received well. Uh, apparently, he just didn't have like a lot of panache or personality. Whereas Jeff Edwards, I liked a lot, um, mostly because mm -hmm. like, um, the way he would present stuff, it didn't feel like. It didn't feel like it was trying too hard to like be connected to it, if that makes sense. Like, um, trying to like think about how Nickelodeon guts felt. You know, like Mike O'Malley. I don't think he really cared as much as he let on in like his persona about what's happening around him. But you could tell with like with Jeff Edwards, there was there was uh, an interest because, as you said, he didn't just you know, show the show. He in, indulged in games. He tried games. He sat down and played them enough so that he was able to drop tips and hints. Like, he would straight up... I remember the one... Uh, it was... I think it was um, mom, the mom and son and the father and son duo teams. And the Popeye game that you played came up. And he explicitly told them before the game, he's like, here's how you do this. Do this, 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 and this, and you'll drop a thing on on a uh, Bluto, and that will get you a lot of points. So he knew, like, not just how to play the games, but these little you know things that go on in the background or things that connect together, and he would offer them to the uh, contestants so that they could w have a better chance at winning. And he would say it to both contestants too, um, to, you know, obviously to make it fair. But like, you don't see stuff like that. And I don't even know if you really could see stuff like that in most other game shows. Uh, that'd be very weird if Pat Sajak gave tips for the Wheel of Fortune. 
think that might. No, that oh. would be fucking great, though. No. Would undercut Don't. the game entirely. That's be fucking Vanna White doing it, and you know it. <laughs> Vanna's just like signing the letters with ASL. Yeah, don't just hey, don't pick X. Probably not, X is not probably going to be in this word. Yeah, but it, it it is interesting. Well, the first time you see Jeff Edwards throw tips at them, you're kind of like, huh, that's a little out. Like that goes against the the game show norm. In the game show norm. You, the contestant is left to their own devices, and nobody helps them, usually. But in this case, it's it, it's nice to see that he, he, you know, dove into the world of games, and like you mentioned, he became a pretty avid gamer because of it. Um, so I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, the theme song, I mentioned it in chat. I didn't like the theme song. It felt like ethereal, like it yeah. didn't. It didn't fit. The theme song had no bite. Yeah, it, it like I wasn't expecting a, a lot of you know s- explosions, sound effects, and you know everything's all going all over the place. But a little more of an upbeat tune with a, a little bit louder, with a little more presence uh, would have been nice. But you know, it's it's an '80s show. What are you gonna do? Um, what else is there? Uh, I I I made the mistake of watching the episode that Torpid mentioned with his intro first. And that kind of gave me a negative impression of the show uh, until I read up that they, these, those were gimmick episodes. Um, I still maintain cliffhanger is absolute garbage. Uh, it, it is. It is. Cause yes, it is. it's taking, um, it's taking a movie that had no right to like, it definitely was not made to be, cause you could say something like Dragon's Lord, cause obviously Dragon's Lord was made to be a late, cause to give context, uh, so what Starkey would do, because this is also 82 to 84. Uh, so when Laserdisc games like that style of game came out, it was like the hugest thing. So they Starkey would dedicate entire episodes that the only game that they would play would be a one particular Laserdisc game. And Cliffhanger was one of them, um, which if you don't, uh, we've actually covered Cliffhanger. Well, so unless you watched it live, uh, you wouldn't see the footage of it because I had to take it down uh, or excise the footage of me playing it off what my stream because the entirety of that movie or that game is taken from footage of two loop on the third movies, uh, Castle Cagliostro and Secret of Mamo. I think uh, you had the same problem with uh, with that Power Rangers game. Actually, you? that one didn't. Actually, that one went through because I think the compression on that one sucked enough. I remember watching the VOD for that, and you had to cut the footage out. Oh, maybe I, maybe I did. Huh. I anyway, it's, it's it is especially the parts that they got stuck on were very very much Castle of Cagliostro. Yeah, it's and because these are arcade games, you're seeing the first part of it. It's because you're not continuing from where they left off. It's the opening over and over again. Uh, which it doesn't help that it was very bad at you know broadcasting which direction you had to go in. So you kept seeing this shit repeat. They didn't get far. Yeah. Jump, jump. I mean, the game on its own wasn't very good, and then you know, and that's my fault for going in with that episode to begin with because I knew what cliffhanger was and I. I knew going in that, it, like, there's no way you're going to sell this game I, to me. 
I in would, a way that's interesting. I would also say for the fact that the um, YouTube channel that we had found that had that uploaded, that was the first episode that they also put on. So I yep. don't think it's just your fault. Yeah. On that one. No, but true. Um, where the show kind of got me, and it's it's kind of a kitschy moment. Like you know, the next episode I watched was a bunch of different games, and I kind of got into like the uh, the swing of what it was doing, and you know. Starting to enjoy, but I kind of actually um, the the one thing that got me wasn't a gaming moment in it. It was in the episode with the father son mother son duo teams, and um, Jeff Edwards said to the father, "So not only do you do this, you're also a songwriter." And as it turned out, oh, the father yeah. had indeed written a jingle about Starcade, yes, and sang it on the show oh man that's great and i was prepared to like be full of cringe and just like uh, no and it starts off a little weak but like he had a good melody to it the lyrics were cute like it's just extremely kitschy moment but everybody was just so happy and enjoying it and like you don't see that much in a lot of game shows everybody's just ready to beat the shit out of each other and kill to get that that uh that uh, prize, but like the contestants in the, this this show, they're all very laid back and just happy to be there. Like if I lose, I lose. At least I got to be here and do this. It's... Yeah, if you lose, you lose. But you got to play some sick ass arcade cabinets and you yeah. get some consolation yeah. prizes to go with. But no, the dad moment, like I I got sappy. <laughs> I liked it a lot. There was also that one episode with the guy who had the, I don't know what it was, but it was the green orb thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was basically, he said it was like something that kind of gave him, uh, like, clarity. And what it was, it was like a green ball with lights in it. And when he connected it, all the lights would light up randomly. So he kept it with him throughout the episode, and he, he even puts it onto the arcade cabinet for good luck. Yeah, it was like it's it was like an '80s fidget spinner almost, or like a, one of those fidgety like devices um, that he kind of gave the because uh, I believe the the I don't even know if kid was the right one because I forgot how old he was, but um, he kind of turned into a good luck charm for him. Mm. Hey, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean my my experience so far with what we've been able to access of the show. Has been fairly positive, minus the cliffhanger episode, but that's a cliffhanger sucks. Um, I I would honestly like just from here, I'd recommend this show. Uh, it's very homey, very comfortable. Like you just sit in and you enjoy uh, the people playing the games. Like it's it's really welcoming. Um, that's as much as I've got to say. All right, uh, cool, yeah. This is a very engaging show. Like, I, now I'm gonna preface this by saying, like, I'm a big game show nerd. Not gonna hide that fact, but I have honestly never seen Starcade. I barely heard about Starcade until it came out for Media Delta, and I was very happy to be able to have the experience of taking in a new game show and i was very happy to take in this game show because it it is a very engaging game show everybody is into it like a hundred percent um it's like like i said it cuts the chaff like that nick arcade has it's just the video games. even the questions are video game related 
like the the side game that they have in the middle of the show is video game related the the choice of answers is kind of weird sometimes because you get like one answer that's the name of the game and the other one is not anything basically yeah and the trivia mostly is there just to kind of serve as a alternative to a coin flip uh for who goes first although you do get a little bit of points as well um but yes yeah uh i I think i actually i think you only uh only the um only the cliffhanger episode gave points for the um for the the question answer round like as far as I could tell, none of the other games did. They might have done that because uh, of the nature of scoring in that game, uh, where it was really easy to end up with a tie. And so having three questions, each worth you know twenty five hundred points, would easily just break that tie. Um, like every every action that you would take was worth what was it like five thousand points. I believe it was somewhere uh, like that. Get, so is, giving so three times twenty five hundred would break any tie in that case. Which is also really weird because the way that this does scoring uh, is the fact that it's the score from the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. So if you got a really low scoring game, that could actually throw things off quite a bit. Like, um, I'm trying to yeah, think of like was, an example, but that was about. That was about. I was gonna say I'm trying to think of like as I think. I'm actually looking at the list of games that are in that were featured, which is huge, mind you. Yeah. Um, but I believe pretty much all of these are like you're going to get at least like in the thousands or like ten thousands. Yeah, the, there is a large disparity of scoring, and I was going to get to that in, the, in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, so oh, what was I saying? Sorry, I kind I kind of derailed there. But yeah, like it, in general really good game show like super enjoyable everyone's into it the host is super into it a lot of the staff are into the games like i'm pretty sure that the average scores that they were doing for the bonus game were uh based on scores from the staff uh they might not have been like they i don't think they ever mentioned where the scores come from in the show but um in any case uh Super enjoyable. There, there is one problem that I will bring up, and there is one note that I have. The main problem is this is a very hard game to balance. Like the the last episode on that playlist that you had, uh, that you had us watch. By the end of the first round, the entire game was a foregone conclusion because the like the first game was a fairly high scoring game one player scored 5,000 points more than the other and the other two games were fairly low scoring and the the other player never had a chance so because of that it it can make for a bit of a of a disparity in scores that cannot be resolved by any reasonable means Um, and it's hard to balance that without limiting the amount of games that you can play or introducing some sort of super complicated balancing system. Yeah, that is definitely because like the scoring on all these games are definitely not the same. Uh, Like it's not going to be, it's not 
as huge as like, oh, this one gives you like a hundreds and this one gives you millions. But it is, yeah, a very hard thing to balance. Yeah. Um, and the note that I have is like for for most of these episodes, except for one in this playlist, um, the top prize was an arcade cabinet. Why not have it? So that in order to win the arcade cabinet, you have to beat a certain score in that game. No, fuck that. I want burger time and I want it now. <laughs> I, I think the reason why they would do that is uh, because, uh, in this, I'm sure you could mediate this in other ways. It's so that they can have it on the pedestal and say, hey, here's like to keep in the corners like, hey, here's what you're going to win. And they don't have to wheel it out or like have them play on like some really awkward angle. Um, I, mean, I, can, I can kind of understand that, and it would, I think it would be a lot easier to do now, definitely. But uh, what they, what one thing that they could have done was make that pedestal something that they can descend at the end of the show and then just slightly rotate. I suppose, but I, I believe in the later ones they do actually do that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in the uh, in the cliffhanger episode, they made the. Uh grave mistake of of saying here's your grand prize cliffhanger yep. in arcade form yeah that uh, that was a questionable decision I i'm not think, really sure why they did that uh now that you think about it um you could select what game you play for the final right you can I'm, select between the the remaining two games yeah it felt like maybe they did that so that um you could have a chance at a like, oh, here's a game that you're good at. Here, here you have a better chance of winning the arcade cabinet. And there was there was an extra rule to because uh, I, I mentioned that they would pick one of the games at random and call it the the mystery game. And oh, if yes. you picked it, you got a prize. Um, but the stipulation was you had it had to be uh, in one of the first three picks, or you wouldn't get the uh, get the prize. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of reasonable to have it that way because it's only during the first three picks that both teams are playing. It wouldn't really be fair for the for the winning team to have a fourth pick and have a chance to win the prize without contest. Yeah. But um, yeah, there there's one thing that there's one other thing that uh, that I wanted to say but I'm not remembering right now. So I am going to open a notepad and pass things off to Torpo, and if I think about it, I'll write it down. All right, um, Torpo. I am so very sorry, Coolio, because honestly, honestly, everyone's kind of said what I wanted to say, and I honestly don't have that much more to add. Uh, I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the, the host's passion, even if he wasn't like the most super energetic. I appreciate that he wanted people to win. Yes. Which is why yeah. he gave them the tips. Yeah. And he, he gave tips from his experience. He yeah, was super no, into to video games, and he, he kept being into video games until the day he died. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it even rumored that he furnished the show with some of his own cabinets? Yes, I believe that was also the, that was the case. I hadn't heard that, but I believe it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have much, much more to add. Uh, um, I appreciated the the uh, the wide variety of contestants they had. Honestly, um, there is a website, uh, Starkey.tv, uh, that I believe is actually 
a website that is hosted by the holding company that owns them now uh, or owns the show now. And it actually lists every single contestant on the that is was on the show. And for a grand majority of them or like I would say about half of them, uh, they've actually recently reached out. Uh, and by recently, I mean, within the last probably 10 years uh, to see how some like what are some of these people doing? Uh, and a lot of them have reached back and basically was like, oh, what was your, how was it on the show? And they're like, yeah, it's really, it's, it was a really fun time. Um, it's also, um, since this was a show in the eighties and you see a lot of the, uh, things were parent cut, like, like had parents in them. Uh, and the fact that it is now 40 years later, uh, you do occasionally get the kind of bummer, <laughs> the fact that it's like, oh yeah, they're no longer with us. But you know um, what? At least it was a good memory. Uh, but yes, uh, you also get uh, some notifications or like some uh, like they wrote back as like, yeah, I actually like there's two two contestants apparently uh, became friends. I don't know if they were on the same episode or not, um, but two of them actually like formed a part, like became friends and formed a partnership. And they now like as of today, I checked the website that they linked and they own a arcade uh, repair shop. Uh, that you can buy like arcade machines and parts from. Nice. I believe cool. I believe it's arcadefixit.com um was the website. Uh but yeah, uh that was born out of this show. Um and yeah, uh like also one thing that I like is not only the wide variety of contestants, um, but we didn't see it so much in this because we only had so many episodes to work with. And one of them being a nothing but one particular game. Uh, the wide variety of games that were featured in the show is amazing. Like it is they did not have any because if you take a look at like Nick Arcade, there's a lot of games on Nick Arcade. Uh, but you, if you actually look at the game list of Nick Arcade, you will see that it's kind of all from the same like you got a lot of Neo Geo stuff. You got a lot of Sega stuff. You got Capcom stuff. You got Konami, like a few Konami games. Like it's not that much of a variety of things. Um, this show has practically anything from that era. Um, and that is actually one of the things I really liked about this show is the fact that it introduced me to a lot of games I had never heard of. Um, Actually, a game that was featured in Retro Encrapsy in one of the boxes. Uh, I did not hear about it until I saw it on Starcade, and that was Zookeeper, uh, which was a Taito um, America arcade game. Uh, you got stuff like Krull. Uh, I had never heard of until I watched it on this show. Um, trying to think of some others. Um, you got stuff like Food Fight, where, where we Food have fight, yes. a... Um, where we, if you join our, um, yes, meet our, our, you know, Lolo de Puzzlo Discord and have Discord Nitro, we have a cool little, it's not, um, cool. <laughs> it's not fucking okay, and you know, an email with the kid from Food Fight unhinging his jaw and eating that ice cream cone. Fucking it hurts. Green. But um, I'm just saying, who needs the emote when you have the original GIF? Yes. Also, also you get game learn of games like Guzzler, 
For oh, example. Oh, oh. I was oh. dying. Especially because the dude kept fucking it up. Yeah. Also, I kind of want to, I think, if I can find it, if, um, because if we do do another set, uh, I kind of want to find an episode because they have the arcade game that uh, is based on the band Journey. And I want to see if they get to, like, the... They couldn't have gone to the bonus uh, stage where they actually have the cassette tape that played an actual Journey song on it. Um, but yeah, you saw a lot of different games on it, which is something I very much appreciate. Also, it, it bears mentioning that, you know, even though Nick Arcade did have a fairly sizable selection, only a handful of the games ever really got play. Whereas in Starcade, it was a lot of different games getting played. It wasn't just the same four games every freaking episode. Yeah, there were some that there's some that tend to like people tend to pick. Um, obviously, the Pac-Mans usually get picked. Um, but there is a wide variety of stuff that gets covered in this show. Um, it's also fun to watch from a standpoint of especially stuff that's like well known now, uh, like stuff like like, say, Pac-Man, for example, or like Mappy or like um, Track and Field or like um, games that have like long histories. It's weird seeing them in their original release and how people like thought of them because um, it's like always kind of thinking back. It's like, oh, this is a this was a like this thing has been around forever. And then like, no, these games were like less than three like two or three years old um mappy would have been a brand new release at this time cliffhanger a brand new release like these were all like within probably months of their original release actually i'm I'm wondering if the special cliffhanger episode wasn't because it was a uh like an actual premiere because they did occasionally premiere games on that show and I, I believe some of them were brand, like literally brand new, like not even like a couple days after, but like being shown. They did mention uh, that so they they would occasionally show games for the very first time on that show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which um, is really kind, cool. Just kind of lucky. You do have some games that would have been late, uh, like in '82. You would have had games that are, um, I think Tapper, uh, Tapper's on here, or no, Tapper's not on here. Uh, Tron, for example, um, would have been something that was that movie probably came out when the show was fairing. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of an interesting elevator action was on this which show, which that would have been an 84 release at at earliest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting seeing these as fresh games. Also, I, I did I did remember what uh, I had forgotten that I wanted to say. Um, it came from you mentioning Nick Arcade again, because uh, one thing that they uh, that they allowed the players to do before the show was actually get some practice in on all the games that were about to be played. I don't think that I don't think they did that for Nick Arcade. That was a, a very like slapdash, cheap budget show that they didn't care about. Whereas there is actually some heart to Starcade. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Because or either that or it was. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if they 
like blame or like they explicitly said that uh they were at practice but the show opens with a look at like their back room or the studio's back room and there is probably a good 30 or 40 cabinets in there now they they do actually mention occasionally that the contestants get to practice before the show yeah. oh okay and they even they they mention it in like the you know those after episode like text walls where they tell you uh you know such and such has been furnished by this and yep. uh, yeah so they mention it in there but also um george would or george uh yes. edwards would, would point it out uh at the beginning of the episode like you've all had a chance to play this beforehand so now you're gonna play it on you know for real yeah okay yeah okay yeah that, that yes also, uh, I had mentioned that there were actually four hosts to the show. That's because before the Trebek pilot in 1982, there was another earlier py- uh, pilot with a different uh, format, which I haven't seen, but it does exist. That was in 1981, which was hosted by Mark Eruzione. Wait, uh, the, the, the cocky coach? Yes. Okay. The captain of the world champion U.S. Olympic hockey team. (laughs) Have that even happened yet? Like, did the the miracle happen that at that point? I'm guessing it did because that that was that. Like, I'm looking at the uh, U.S. Game Shows wiki, and it's it shows the 1981 pilot open verbatim, and it specifically says that in that opening. Wait, by miracle, do you mean miracle on ice? Uh, so the what? Well, oh, 1980 Olympics. Uh, the one with it was a hockey game versus of U.S. versus Russia. Yeah, that's the miracle. Yeah, on ice. miracle on ice. Yes, yes, the miracle on ice. Yes. Yeah, that was that was 1980. Okay. For some reason, I, I thought, thought it was, was 84. I thought it was the 90s. I thought it was like no. 97. Nope. Uh, yeah. Anyway. You know uh, what would also be interesting? Uh, I just kind of thought of that this um, like there, there's also this uh, unofficial show by Smite called Arcade Pit and they have yeah. uh, save states for certain challenges. It would be interesting if they could find a way to incorporate this into an actual, you know, proper game show of, you know, could, whether it's Arcade yeah. or whatever else. You, you don't need to tell me about how they got those save states. I'm pretty yeah. sure that I, I, I might have had created some I wonder of if your save states are still in rotation. I don't know. They might be. I mean, uh, I'm just saying it for the audience at home if they don't I, know. Yes. Um, that one I know, Smart's Arcade Pit, was mostly inspired by Nick Arcade. Like, straight yeah. up to the point where it originally had the stupid Mikey board. Except it was Smite. It was much better when Smite was physically using a webcam and actually moving something on a on yeah. an actual board. Fucking rock steady. <laughs> he was moving fucking rock steady across the board. Um yes. all I know is that my legend lives on and that's all that matters. Anyway. I got nothing else. Um so I think if we were to do another set that I'd probably one put in some of those Mark Richard episodes just so we can get um a better like understanding of his era and then maybe some of the later ones. Um, but do you think that uh, 
I guess since it's the same group uh, that would do that one, uh, should we do another set or should we move? Actually, just do we think we can just rank this and move on to the next thing? I think we've gotten the gist of it personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't really feel like I'm going to get anything uh, based on everything I've read. I don't feel like I'm going to get anything beneficial from watching the uh, Mark Richards episodes. Yeah, right. I'm kind of going to have to agree. Like, I, I would be totally down if we were if we were to have a second part because. I really enjoy this show, but I don't think we're going to get anything additional from watching another six or seven episodes. But the the only thing that we would get is watching Mark Richards do it, who is not as well received. Maybe maybe one day, uh, or if I get bored, because it's something that I've been kind of toying with, uh, I can put some of these episodes on for like a side thing. Um, because just show because this, this show i i do also kind of agree that we kind of get the gist of it i would just i i would i would never turn down a chance to watch more of this show um but yes i can kind of feel that we're kind of we kind of get the, the point of it and i think we can actually rank this um uh so i guess with that unless anyone has any final things they want to say before we rank I'm good. God, this right. sucked a cliffhanger. Then <laughs> you don't even get to see like the thing that even Spielberg likes this car, the char- the car chase that even Spielberg likes. They kept fucking it up. Yeah, it's because they had the dip switch setting on that because cliffhanger has dip switch settings in which you can either have it say explicitly what direction slash button you need to press, or if you just get a general stick or action. Which that was a two action button game, so have fun with that. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to rank this new using our normal one to twenty one uh, numbering scale, uh, with one being absolute mastercraft can't get any better uh, to twenty one, uh, which is absolute garbage, not even fun to watch, or had very minimal um, ironic um, kind of enjoyment out of it. Um, false some extra ones but i don't think that one it's gonna apply for this one um axe um what would you give this two two or three all right uh cool yeah as a comparison nick arcade's currently ranking at seven this is a much better show than nick arcade uh two or three i'll agree all right torpo fuck y'all rated that real damn high holy shit i liked it Uh, I mean, that's that's fine. I was going to just put it at a six above Nick Arcade. Maybe five on a good day. No, no, six, because I would... They're not really comparable, but I would much rather watch Game Center CX over this. All right. Um, I can yeah, understand I, that. Yeah, I, I... I really like the show, but there's something I feel about giving it, like, a two or three that I feel it's, like, just a smidge high. Um... Like, this is like one of my favorite game shows, but there's something like I don't there's something about it that I don't feel like it's quite too. Uh, my personal range, then I guess, would be two, three to five. Um, that's fine. But I I have, guess, I, I'm not going to it's not a hill I need to die on. I'm going to say I have a, a hard floor of five. No lore. Yeah. OK. Um, six. Well, let's so how about let's just do it at this. Let's start at six uh, and take a look to see what do we got in six. 
Um, we got Labyrinth. We have Mappy. We had the first 14 episodes of Space Cobra. And we have Hunt for the Red October. Um, or excuse me, the Hunt for Red October. There is no second thought. Um, yeah, that one gets me too. Uh, I'd say uh, it's better I, than Labyrinth. I There's some stuff here that I feel like I would much rather watch Starcade. And yeah. It is the only point of reference I have. I haven't watched any of the other stuff. Hunt for um, Red October is good, but it's two and a half hours fucking long. I feel like especially <laughs> Labyrinth and Hunt for Red October is really sticking out for me. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, my problem is I'd still much rather watch Game Center CX over this. Uh, so, well, that's at five. Uh, so at that's, five. That's why I said six. Fine. But um, I know how numbers work, motherfucker. Although I was saying for for us to look at five. Um, we got Adventures in Moon Valley, Game Center CX season one, uh, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Um, now, the thing I would say with Game Center CX is that's that really weird first season. Uh, if we were to take a look at like the like the Game Center CX that most people are like familiar with, uh, that I would say is higher than five. Uh, so take that or I would take that into consideration. Um, now, would I say that I would probably put it because Adventures of Movement Valley is also very good. That's also another good hearted series that I could just watch more of. I mean, I, I would still rather watch Starcade over all of these, but I will admit that I am biased. I have a very high opinion of most game shows. Um, you know what? Um, rather than doing it like that, what I think what I what we should probably do, let's take a look at instead of like looking for a floor, let's look for a ceiling. Well, let's look at three. Uh, Dirty Pair Project Eden, Ghost in the Shell, Road to El Dorado. I now kind of looking at that, I kind of feel like three is way too high. Yeah, I think three would be a little bit too high. Um, I my only point of reference is the Road to El Dorado. Uh, for me, they're kind of even. But again, my 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 opinion is biased a bit upward. So. I'm just going to let y'all duke this one out. I would still even watch Jaws, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and Street Fighter, the animated movie, over this, personally. Which are the ones that we have at four. Um, I kind of feel like at that point, I feel like five is probably going to be where, just knowing where this is probably going to go, I have a feeling that five is probably going to be our sticking point, or as close to a... Part of the problem for me is I have no point of reference for four. It, um, like I, I've probably watched Jaws, but I was super young and I don't remember it. From those, um, some of those I can see. Like part of it's also not so much whether I'd rather watch it. Is also the other hat of this, which is do I feel like it's a better produced piece of medium? Um, which Jaws is long, and I don't feel like I'd ever want to watch it again. But I can't not say that it's a good like. I can't say that it's not incredibly well produced. Uh, same with Merry, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. I'll watch very occasionally because it's not exactly a pleasant movie in the in it tone. Heavy, uh, but that is also an incredibly like like to me a well done movie. Street Fighter Two also is that one I can watch more often, and that one I feel is just a really well done movie. 
Um, I kind of feel, though, there's something about the ones that are at five that I feel Starcade's a better fit with, especially Adventures from Moomin Valley. Uh, there's something that I felt from the same kind of vibe that I got. The, the same kind of pleasantness that I got from Adventures from Moomin Valley is one that I can definitely apply to Starcade. Because um, also the yeah. thing with Starcade, and especially about the thing that it's a, a, like as a game show, it is. You watch one episode, it Starcade is Starcade. Like it's still them playing games, and there's a whole lot of different games, but it's still them playing game, like doing that, especially short little bits of it. Uh, and also that first uh, season of Game Center CX, I feel is also a pretty good fit with Starcade. So my personal yeah. thing is I'm kind of thinking five. I, I'm slightly disappointed with five, but I'm not. I'm also not outraged. So five. I'd be willing to go down to four. Like I think. Um, I think. I think it's on the same level as Game Center. Game Center is five. Is it five? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. I'm. I'm okay with five. Like I'm fine with five. I just. Uh cannot go higher than that yeah i i kind of feel like this is going to be a especially with, my knife in the ready so fucking help me I with me and coolio being especially being game show fans uh personally would put this much higher but i'm here for I, a good stabbing yeah <laughs> i feel like rather than five us, is the ultimate compromise five is rather than us just complaining about numbers for like the next 30 minutes. I will be the first to five. draw blood and it won't I mean, be mine. I will, I, will, I will acquiesce it to five but in my heart it's a two so go fuck yourself. <laughs> I feel like that can... I see you there, don't value your organs. There, I feel like that is a thing that you can describe a whole lot of other episodes on too. And right. you should see some of the shit I've eaten over the years. No, I do not. I don't care about my <laughs> organs at all. Alright. Let's see, I think this is actually episode 80, because uh, I believe the last Saturday Supercade was 79. Yes, so this is 80. Uh, let's put a year of 1982. Um, JM Productions is the studio uh, that owns this, and I believe actually the one that did it originally. Uh, this Do I have Game Show? I don't, I don't think. Um... Oh. I mean, you, you should probably add a game show thing to the list because I, I we, we have we have game had shows. we have had at least one other game show be up for uh, for Wait, We've had a bunch of game shows. Yeah. How do we not have game shows on the list? I I mean, this is the first. Well, technically, second. If you get, well, actually, what do we count? Because we count guts as a sports thing, which is a game show. And also, a, we also have American show. Gladiators as a American sports thing, even though it's, it's a game, game show. I mean, and it's gonna get only only get worse once we break away from uh, gaming related media. Then we've got Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy. I mean, push luck. There, press there luck. are video games based on those. I mean, we've done those. We've done those games. Already. We gotta do press yeah, your luck, so we can do a press your luck. God, yes, yes. Price is right. We need to do press your luck. Yeah, we can watch the Michael Larson episode. Sure, um, why not? Uh, God, actually, man, I wonder if that uh, documentary, the Mark, Michael Larson episode, is actually on YouTube somewhere. Look, I'm waiting for more important things like fucking oh, Indiana Jones. We did Indiana Jones. 
No, I need more, though. We yeah, gotta do, do Temple of Doom. We'll do we have to suffer. It is a small price to pay for the last crusade. Yeah, yeah you gotta get your heart ripped up. <laughs> um, Kalima! More like Kalima. I love thinking about my ex-wife. <laughs> All right. See, this scene is where she literally rips my heart out. I know, I know authors who know subtext and I think they're cowards. <laughs> oh, 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 that reminds how do we get Garth Marenghi on because we have to do I, Garth Marenghi. I mean that that might that sounds like a that sounds like a charity That's a donation goal. Oh man, okay. we I I would have so much fun doing Garth Marenghi. It's such a good either show. way, either yeah. way. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Is there any charms you want to call out for music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, art? The the theme song was very meh. Honestly. Yeah. Charm. Yeah, I'm putting the thumbs up in charm. Oh yeah, charm charm is heck, but the music. Yeah. I'm gonna put the shrug. Even though I I kind of like the theme song, but I can definitely see why. Shrug is there. fine. Yeah, um, and I would say that the the presentation itself was relatively basic, but that was never the focus either. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I'd put a charm for that. Actually, that is one thing I did want to point out is that despite the fact that you're filming from an arcade cabinet, which by no means has any direct out, the actually seeing what was on screen was like they actually did a really good job filming the screen. Oh hell yeah! But like they, they had. Shocking they had life. two cameras on every machine. They had one camera capturing the action and one just for the score. Yeah. It was also, they were all perfectly angled too. Like it looked good. Yeah. Which actually, I think at that point, just for that, I think I'll give a thumbs up. Oh, yeah. That's for, um, for a game show, the camera work was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything for like, well, storytelling obviously doesn't get anything. Action really don't put anything for there. Uh, art, it's an 80s game show set, so it's... <laughs> it's a, it's also kind of a basic one if you compare it to other game shows. Yeah. Uh, yay, I kind of feel like... Made with abundant love. Yeah. Simply fun. Yes, also simply, also simply fun, I feel, is another one. Also, I'm trying to remember why do we have. Oh, I was trying to remember why do we have a clown emoji for uh, THB Ninja Turtles? And I think it was for the suits. Yeah, it was. You still have the image. Yes, I do. Mouth oh, inside of mouth. Um, <laughs> uh, nay, I can't really think of anything. Uh, is. Once again, my biggest problem with with the actual gameplay is the balancing. I don't know if that's something that you want to point out. I because hmm. it's it's something that can make the game completely you know completely foregone conclusion landslide victory in the first round if you pick the right game and are really good at it, and the, and your opponent is not. Yeah, I could kind of see that. See, I was gonna say my problem is more of uh, the 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 laser disc episodes. I yeah. don't think there are a whole lot of those. Uh, yeah, there is so, so there's there's one for Dragon's Lair. There's one for Dragon's Lair two. There's one for Star, uh, Cliff uh, Cliffhanger, and I think there's one more. They got a um, okay. So there are more than I thought. Yeah, I'm gonna just yeah, like four or five, I think. Yeah, so I'll put scale there. Um. Trying to think what else. 
And otherwise, that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really. Um, yeah. Um, I'm looking at the, the possible charms for Nay. I can't um, really think of anything else. Really, yeah. I mean, we don't need to force any in. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think the scale is just fine. God, that image is so fucking cursed. I know. All right. I, I think that's probably good for Starcade then. Uh, it is a very good game show. Um, that I, I would highly recommend that you watch. Um, anyway, uh, with that, um, Axe, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. All right. Uh, Coolio. Yes, there is my radio show slash podcast, Square Wave Symphony, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky, which is uh, available at uh, lowbiasgaming.net slash sim and also at SquareSim on Twitter. And I also occasionally stream over on twitch.tv slash coolionzx. All right. Uh, Torpo. The Torpid Typist. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Twitch.tv slash Torpid Typist. At Torpid Typist on Twitter. And I'd like to plug the hole in my fucking sleep schedule. I'm so damn tired. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so if that, um, because we're not doing the second episode, uh, that means that we can push ahead and actually go move on to what we had next on the schedule. Oh, boy. Uh, which is going to be an interesting thing, because speaking of donation goals, uh, this oh, yeah. one very much was a donation goal, oh, and I'm boy. holding it in my hand. Um, because you donated, I think this was the $150 mark? Yep. Uh, for us to take a look at the Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems. I love uh, constant boy. anxiety rides. Yep, so next episode we'll be talking about Uncut Gems and how wonderful it made us feel. Pray for me. Alright, well, with that, thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you'd like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's Retro Rank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lolotopuzzlo or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode of others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.